Hey, good morning, Word of Life Church. I'm Pastor Jay, and, uh, and, and uh, Angel and Kenna were over at the New Prague campus today, and, and they said, hey, tell everybody we said hi. And uh, they, they're having a great time. I'm blessed to get to hear uh, some of these faith stories just as we kind of go through and, um, and get to hear from you and get to hear what God's doing in your lives. And, and God really is right there with you every step of the way. Although I, I could also admit that there are times when, man, eh, when you wonder. When you pray and you pray and you pray and you're like, God, where are you? He is with you. He is with you. We're continuing our uh, worship series, uh, uh, Death to Life uh, through Lent. So we're en encouraging each other to, to spend some time in con making confessions of faith, but also making confessions of sin. We're encouraging each other to spend extra time in prayer over, you know, during these 40 days of Lent. So just extra time of prayer as we, as we go through and we talk to God and, um, and listen to Him. Uh, listening to God is, is listening in a way that impacts, that impacts our, our, our life and our actions and our faith. And so um, we kicked it off with Ash Wednesday as we were just realizing that everybody wants to kill Jesus um, and, and, and as we were kind of coming, you know, face to face with, with who Jesus says that he is, that he is undoubtedly communicating that Jesus is the son of God, that he is the savior that God sent into the world. And, and then, and, and then, you know, last week we talked a little bit about, uh, last Sunday we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, we're walking through this narrative of Jesus and Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and we just kicked it off last week as we got to hear just over and over and over again how much Jesus loved Lazarus. Jesus loves Lazarus, and it has a, like, this really tight you know, relationship with Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and so he does what any friend would do. He waits a couple extra days to make sure that Lazarus is dead, dead. Like, not like Princess Bride, mostly dead. I'm talking like all the way dead. And, uh, and you know, and, and that's what, where we hear it at the end. And then we're going to kick into our, um, the text for today. It's in John chapter 11, starting in verse 17, reading in Jesus' name, because it's God's word, not mine. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus has already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house, and Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I, I, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. 
Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And, who, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. Here ends the reading of God's word. These are some of the some of the most popular verses in scripture. And you know, I, just as we, as we hear this, and, and maybe, maybe you even heard it at a, uh, at, at a funeral, or, or maybe you've heard, you know, read some other things on it. And so what we have here is we, as we catch up, we heard, hey, you know, he waited, uh, Jesus waited with, you know, the, the apostles, with the 12, you know, the disciples. He's kind of down by the river, hanging out, stay, staying away from people because everybody's trying to kill him. Um, and and, and then he waits extra long, and he comes back, and he, and, and he, real, and he already knows, but Lazarus has been in the tomb for four days. Four days. There was a, um, there was a Jewish tradition at the time, and actually uh, really continues to today, uh, that the Jews believed that the soul of a person who has, uh, who has died will often stay with the body for upwards of, of two days. And so, even, uh, and so the, the Jewish tradition of the time, as well as the Jew, Jewish tradition today, um, is that someone would sit vigil with uh, a deceased body for two days, and somebody, no, you would not leave that body alone until that body was in the ground. Somebody, somebody stayed there. And they, so they didn't, they didn't choose even to today. They don't drop off the, you know, bodies at the, at the funeral home. Uh, not that they don't do a great job. It's just not part of their tradition. They, the body, once it's, once it's been prepared, comes back to the house. And every step of the way, a family member or very close friend or even the rabbi, will stay with that body every moment of every day until that body is buried. And, and so what you have here is you've got, he, Lazarus has been in the tomb for, uh, for four days. Why? Because Jesus wants to be absolutely sure. You see, you know, tradition would say that, you know, oh man, well, he wasn't really dead. He was just like mostly dead. If, if Jesus had come back after, you know, after just a couple of days, a day or two, and then raised Lazarus to new life, everybody would be like, well, yeah, but he wasn't really dead. He was just mostly dead. His, obviously, his, his soul hadn't departed his body. That's how. No, no, no. Jesus wants to make absolutely certain that everybody knows Lazarus is dead. And, and, you know, and, so, and so they stayed with the body, and a lot of Jews came. And I, and I get this. You know, like um, back, uh, back in the day when we lived in Jersey, um, I got to uh, serve a church, uh, Bunker Hill uh, Lutheran Church, as assistant to the pastor. Not assistant pastor, no, no, not, not quite that level of seniority. Assistant to the pastor. My family would just call me to the pastor. Hey, to the pastor, let's go. Uh, you know, uh, and so like when, when, when we were ministering there, I was, I, we, we did all sorts of things. I worked with youth. I was assistant to the pastor. We also lived in a little apartment right underneath the steeple of the church. And so, like, when it was really windy, like, the whole apartment would, like, shake like you're on a boat or something like that. Or if the youth group was there, 
the whole apartment would also shake, and like the dishes would like shake, and you know, and you're like, I don't know, could get rough, you know. <laughs> and and so, but while we lived lived there, I was also janitor, and and Heidi and I would would clean, and all of that worked out just fine, you know. Like there was only one person who really complained. One person who complained, and, and she just had this thing for dust. So I would clean on Saturdays, and, and so, and then, but every Sunday, she'd pull me aside. She'd say, Jason, that, that piano needs dusting. And I said, I promise you, I dusted the piano last night. And she's like, well, there's dust on it today. And I didn't really have time on Sunday mornings to like just to do all the dusting again on, on, on Sunday mornings. And that's when I came up with a wonderful idea. Lemon-scented air freshener. I walked through that church spraying that lemon-scented air freshener that smelled just like Pledge and she never complained again. It was the best thing ever. Uh, you know, Heidi and I loved living there most of the time. Heidi had no complaints except for one complaint. And that was when there was a funeral, regularly the funeral home would, you know, have, have the visitation the night before and then just leave the body at church, you know, not a big deal in the casket. I didn't have a problem, you know, but part of the job is to walk around at night, at, you know, after everything and make sure that all of the doors are closed. And Heidi's like, no, no way. I ain't doing that. There's a body down there. And I'm like, you realize that's a dead body. That body ain't going to do nobody no harm. <laughs> and she's like, I'm not going it. You got you to gotta check the doors. You gotta, that was her only complaint about living there. And that's kind of, that stems from, even our view of death in bodies and stuff like that kind of stems from some of these, these traditions that go all the way back to this period of time. And so we have this bad tendency. We have this bad tendency to view death as final. It's not. And so Jesus, just to make sure that God is going to get all of the glory for the miracle that he is going to perform, and we'll talk about that, you know, in, in a couple of weeks, but he wants to make sure that God will get all the glory. And so he waits the four days. He makes sure that, you know, that Lazarus is dead, dead, and that the body has been in the grave. And, and then we get to one of my favorite verses in the scriptures. We'll get to it in a couple of weeks. He stinketh because, like, he is all the way dead, four days in the grave. And, and so then, you, you know, you hear that, that there's a lot, of, a lot of Jews who are coming from Jerusalem. It's only a couple of miles away, easy walking distance, a couple of miles. And, and sure enough, there's all sorts of, of people who are at Mary and Martha's house mourning with them, consoling them. This was a very, and still is a very popular, you know, Jewish tradition, is that no one mourns alone. And so the house is full, and there's a ton of people there. I don't know. We don't have any additional information about who Lazarus, Mary, and Martha are, but they got to be like some people, you know, like people who know people kind of people, you know, because there's crowds of people there mourning with them. And, and, and so somewhere in that process, Martha hears 
that Jesus is near. Now, I don't know if like somebody like did like the middle school, like slide somebody a little note under the table kind of thing, or if it was one of those like little nonchalant whispers, you know what I'm talking about when you, somebody kind of like comes down and just says, hey, Jesus is here, you know, that kind of like, you know, we don't, it was, what we understand is that it was not an announcement. It wasn't like somebody, you know, like Peter didn't walk into Mary and Martha's house and say, hey. Jesus is here. You know, they, they wanted to keep it on the down low. Jesus' idea was to get to talk to, you know, Martha and Mary and not create like some big stir, you know. And so somebody whispers, you know, in, uh, in Martha's ear. And Martha goes to Jesus. In the middle of her mourning, in the middle of her hurting, Martha goes to Jesus. Who do you go to when you're hurting? Where do you go when you're hurting? Uh, you, you know, we, we see that Martha's hurting, you know, because her, because her brother died. That's hurting. And we all have some different hurts. If there's anything that I, can, that I can absolutely promise you about living in this world, you will hurt. You will hurt. Online campus, you got that? I can't guarantee anything. Well, I'm not, not a lot of things. But I can guarantee this thing. If you live on this world, you will hurt. We, we have different types of hurts, right? We've got physical hurt. You know, whether it's, uh, you know, aches and pains or whether it's disease, you know, you know whether, you know, it's just these, you know, big injuries or maybe it's a kind of a long nagging thing. We hurt physically. There are physical hurts in our life. Am I right? I know some of you. Some of you should be saying, amen. <laughs> that is true. We have emotional hurts too. It's not just physical. We have these emotional hurts, whether it is our, you know, like hurts of feelings of, of loss, and it's not just death that creates mourning and loss. All sorts of things invade our life to cause mourning and loss. Loss of health, loss of a dream, loss of a job, loss of financial security, loss of, you know, like family due to, you know, just whatever that is, you know. But we all experience emotional hurt. Uh, some of us do a really good job of trying to, like, keep that down. <laughs> no matter what the emotional hurt, just keep stuffing it, <laughs> you know. Emotional hurt. Not healthy. But we all will experience some emotional hurt at some point in time. Whether it's, you know, some boy breaking your heart in eighth grade. Or it's just that the hurt of living in this life and 
We experience mental hurt too. Yeah, I'm not just talking like when you were at school too long and there's too many tests and like your head hurts, not that kind of mental hurt, although that's real. Um, I'm talking the mental hurt of, of intrusive thoughts that just seem to invade into our brains. Uh, you know, those, those hurtful things, maybe they're even hurtful things that we say to ourselves or maybe it's something that someone else said to us that just kind of worms its way into our brain and we repeat that hurtful thing to ourselves maybe it's a maybe it's a hurtful thought cycle you know have you ever have you ever had somebody say something to you and then you walked away and you're like oh man i wish i had said this well next time i see them i'm going to totally say this and then if they're going to say this then i'm going to say that and you know we just kind of get stuck in like this mental hurtful thought cycle we hurt physically, we hurt emotionally, we hurt mentally, and yes, sometimes we hurt spiritually. We get confronted by God's law, and we know that we have sinned. We hurt spiritually when we have sinned against the Lord. We hurt spiritually when we know that we have sinned against someone else. And all we want to do is fix it, but we just Who do you go to when you're hurting? Martha, when she's hurting, Martha goes to Jesus. And we can too. We can still do that. Martha in her pain, she goes to Jesus and she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. She is believing. Martha is faithful. She's believing in Jesus. And she's, you know, she's like, she believes. I don't know if she's seen him heal other people in the past or, or whatever, but she knows. There's no question in her mind. Martha talks to Jesus in her hurt and believes that if he had been there, her brother wouldn't have died. And there's, there's hurt in that. You can hear it. There's like these, there's these, like it's a statement, but really you kind of hear some of the questions behind the, behind the statement. The questions of like, why weren't you here? Why didn't you, why didn't you heal him? There's still this faith, there's still the believing, there's still the trust, and yet there's, it's all mixed in with the hurt and the questions and just not knowing, where do we go with this? She goes to Jesus. And Jesus just very matter-of-factly says to her, your brother will rise again. Well, that's, he's 100, Jesus is 100% confident, assured, that Lazarus will rise again. Martha is also confident and assured. She knows, she thinks she knows what Jesus is talking about. And she's like, oh yeah, I know. I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. But Jesus isn't talking about that. 
You see, the, 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 the Jewish tradition of the day, um, and, and still to today, was this sense that, that if you believed in, in the resurrection, not all Jews during this time believed in the resurrection. The nation was kind of split. We wouldn't know anything about that. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, the you know, nation was kind of split, and, um, and some really just didn't believe in resurrection at all, and then many really did believe in, 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 in resurrection, you know, and I, we can hear some of those same sentiments spiritually within our time, within our country, within our, you know, friends, you know, of people who just think, you know, when, when, when death comes, we're worm food, or when people who say that there's going to be another life, and, and, and so then you, you've got this, you, you look at this context, and the Jewish context of the, of the day when it's talking about resurrection was that on the very last day, when God just calls everything into account, all the dead will rise, and, and, you know, and that God would send bad people over here and all the good people up to heaven. That was the general consensus on resurrection. There is nothing that could have prepared Martha to hear what Jesus said next. I want you to, if you've heard this verse before, you know, I want you to try to hear this with Martha ears. Because no one has ever said, had ever said before Jesus, because no one could ever say other than Jesus, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. It's not waiting for some day to happen. It is life. The life giver is Jesus. Jesus in and of himself, his identity is life. The life giver, the one who makes alive. And no one has ever said that before. This is a completely new concept. No one could ever have said it before because only Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He's our only hope. And so when, you know, when Martha is hurting, she goes to Jesus and Jesus gives words of life, words that she's never heard before. I am the resurrection of the life. You come to me because he's the one who raises people from the dead. He's the one who gives life and he's not done yet. This is like one of those things where when Jesus is saying it, and, I, and we do believe that Jesus said these actual words <coughs> in either Hebrew or Aramaic um, to Martha, and, and I'm, I'm convinced that this is one of those times that when Jesus was spoken, speaking, he knew that this was going to be recorded in Scripture because it, it goes from a conversation between uh, Jesus and Martha to a conversation between Jesus and all of us. Check it out. Verse 25. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live, and everyone. Who's that include? Yeah, all of us, you, me, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? 
Remember, Jesus is talking to Martha. Jesus is talking to Martha who has just, who is still hurting from her brother dying. And what is Jesus offering? He's offering words of hope, words of encouragement, words of life. He is life. And then he's making this promise. We talked a little bit about it last week that, that Jesus, has, when he talks about death, he doesn't talk about it the way we talk about it. We talk about it like in finality, like bodies in, in churches that, you know, and we don't want to go around them or something like that. But Jesus, when he talks about death, he talks about it like a Sunday nap. Why? Because he has life, life to give. And so this conversation between him and Martha just kind of like boom, boom, boom. It just like does one of these like increase things where he's talking to Martha and then he's talking to us. And you know what that means? That means that for each and every one of us who is hurting, we can go to Jesus. For each and every one of us who is in the midst of hurt, we can go to Jesus and hear him speak words of life to us. I don't know what all of your hurts are today. I'm confident that some of you are hurting physically. I'm confident that some of you are hurting mentally sometimes even hurting yourself mentally. I'm positive that some of you are hurting emotionally and that even, even bringing up the death of a loved one in Scripture just brings up hurt. And I don't know where everyone is at spiritually, but I know that some of you are hurting spiritually. whether it's these reminders of the sins of the past or it's the sin that you just can't kick, you know, in whatever that spiritual hurt is, I'm confident that those hurts are present right here for Word of Life Church, online campus, New Prague campus. They're happening in our community. They're ha your neighbors are hurting. Your family is hurting And some of us are easy at, at, you know, kind of hiding it because, you know, we don't want anybody seeing our hurt, you know. But God calls us to himself. Jesus invites us to come to him when we're hurting and hear these words of life that for everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Because for each and every one of you who is believing today, for each and every one of you who is believing today, even though your body will die, you will live forever. God has already given you eternal life. So the life that you are living right now doesn't stop. Death is just a little nap and you wake up in the presence of the Lord, and that will be the best wake-up call ever. So much better than my alarm. So much better than my alarm.
because of what Jesus has done for us. I was, um, when, I was over at, um, when I was over at New Prague, Mike Todrick, who sometimes shreds on guitar right over here, um, and usually and, and usually leads was leading worship today over at the New Prague campus, and, and, and he, you know he heard this message and he had to follow me out and he said, he said, Pastor, you remember these words from C.S. Lewis? He's like, they, they, he's like you were preaching and all of a sudden I'm I'm, I'm thinking of these words from C.S. Lewis. He said he was saying that uh, C.S. Lewis writes. You must make your choice. Either this man, Jesus, was and is the Son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. You see, that's the thing. When you stand face to face with Jesus, whether it's Martha or whether it's you, and you hear Jesus say, I am the resurrection and the life. Oh, and if you believe in me, you'll never die. That either sounds absolutely crazy, right? Because if one of you comes to me during the potluck and says, hey, I'm the resurrection and the life. And I'm just going to be like, no, no, you're not. <laughs> the only one who could ever say that is Jesus. And so he either is who he says he is, right? The Jews were all trying to kill him, not because of one of the works that he had done, but because of what he was saying about himself, that he is the Son of God, the Savior, that he is the resurrection of life. And then, and what do we hear, and what do we hear from, from Martha as she hears this, as Jesus asks her, do you believe this? She says, verse 27, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. Yes, Lord, I believe. I believe that you are the Christ. The, you know, and we think back to our Advent series of what does that mean? That, he is the, that Jesus is the anointed the one, the one that God chose to be the Savior of the world, the Lamb of God who takes away the Savior of the world, the Messiah. That's who he is. She says, I believe that you are the Christ, the Savior. But wait, there's more. She's, her, her belief is growing. I believe that you are the Son of God. Not just a teacher, not just a really good guy, not just his friend, their friend who comes to have dinner every once in a while. The Son of God. And then she has some weird, weird choice of words. Who is coming into the world? Uh, he's standing right there. What do you mean coming into the world? Is it 
isn't Jesus just like right there? Well, Jesus is right there. But this sense of coming into the world is that the world around is growing in their knowledge and faith of him, that his, that his reputation is increasing, that his activity is increasing, and that he is the Savior, not just of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, but also of the world. That includes you. That includes me. Jesus, the Son of God, opened up heaven for us because he's the giver of life. It reminds me of these words in, in Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews 4, starting in verse 14. Reading in Jesus' name. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Hey, we need help. Where do you go? To whom do you go when you are hurting? When Jesus Christ died upon the cross, God tore the curtain from top to bottom. He opened up the entrance into the Holy of Holies, into God's eternal throne room. He opens it up and invites us in. And our high priest, Jesus, he's not like aloof. You know, he's not like up in heaven saying, man, very disappointed. No, he's not. He's not like looking at you like, you know, like somebody else in your life might, you know, when you've done something like not smart like I do. No. He's in heaven waiting for you. Just like he was waiting for Martha. Hey, I'm here. Jesus is here. And he opens up that throne room. And Jesus is waiting. Jesus, the Son of God. He's waiting for you. Even in the midst of your hurt, Jesus is waiting for you. And he's able to sympathize with us and our hurts because Jesus hurt too. Has, Jesus ever, has anyone ever experienced the kind of suffering that Jesus went through? No. Not just the crucifixion, although that sounds awful. but bearing the weight of all of the sins of humanity of all time. God made him who knew no sin to be sin. I have a hard time with my own sin. I don't want to carry yours either. I can't begin to imagine the hurt that Jesus experienced carrying the weight of the sins of all of humanity. Are you hurting? Jesus sympathizes with you. He's waiting in that throne room for you. He's offering you words of hope and life for you. And he's right there so that we get to 
draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. Why? To receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. And if you're hurting, you need Jesus. I don't know what all your hurts are, but he does. He's waiting for you. Do you believe? Do you believe that he's there even when you're hurting? Do you believe? Do you believe that everyone who's believing in him will never die? You have already, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have already received the gift of eternal life. Live in it. He's there, waiting to just give you life and grace and mercy even when you're hurting. Let's pray. Lord, we don't like talking about hurting. And I think sometimes we like talking about death as just as much as Heidi did not like, you know, walking around when there was a dead body in the church. Death scares us, Lord. Hurt scares us. And we can't thank you enough, Lord Jesus, our Savior, the Son of God for speaking words of life to us, speaking words of encouragement and hope to us, even when we're hurting. Lord, I wish I could take the hurt away. But just like you, you didn't take the hurt away for, for Martha, you speak words of life, words of promise. We believe you, Lord. You are the resurrection and the life. You are our hope. And one day, we will be living with you forever. But Lord, between now and then, we, we know that there will be hurt. So I ask you, Lord God, to help us, remind us, draw us, to come come to you when we're hurting, to go to you with our pain. That when, when, when our body is hurting and sick, that we would go to you. That when our mind is saying things that, that hurt ourselves or we're remembering the, the hateful things that have been said to us, Lord, that we would go to you. Lord, that when we're, when we're hurting in, in our emotions and it just feels like someone's ripping our chest open, Lord, that we would go to you to receive comfort and promise. And that, Lord, when it feels like, like we're carrying around the sins of the past or we just can't kick that sin and we just feel guilt and shame, we go to you. Remind us to come to you because you've already paid for that sin already removed it from us as far as the east is from the west. You've washed us clean. You've given us a whole new life that lasts forever. 
please be with my friends who are hurting. Lord, maybe you'll give us an opportunity, an opportunity to talk to each other, to remind each other as friends, hey, where do we go when we hurt? We go to Jesus. We go to you, Jesus. Because only you are the resurrection and the life. We believe you. We believe you. It's in your name, Lord Jesus, that we come to your throne of grace to receive mercy and grace in our time of need.